You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. In his own words, Tony Jones wasn't the best student and he never went to university. Back then, it's not something that many people did. While Tony enjoyed going to school and he liked English and history, he had no idea about a career path. Like most, he was probably going to find an apprenticeship somewhere. So, how does someone with no career plan end up a prominent TV broadcaster for the last 30 years? In this episode, Tony reflects on the experiences and opportunities in his early life that led to becoming the sports reporter for Nine News. Tony Jones, you and I have been mates for a very, very long time. We've had a lot of conversations over those years too, but one thing I do not know anything about you in relation to is your high schooling. Did you even go? Well, if you looked at my report cards, uh, it would suggest I wasn't there all that often. So I went to high school in New South Wales, as a matter of fact, at a place called Cambridge Park, which is just outside of Penrith, uh, almost next door to Penrith in the uh, very western suburbs on the, the foot of the Blue Mountains. Look, it was a great time. I had a great time at high school. I really did. I wouldn't have said I was the best student, far from it. In fact, I was only looking at some old um, school reports the other day and there was a common theme there about, you know, sort of need to apply myself more, you know, sort of have the ability but don't actually go through with it, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a great high school. I don't, I don't recall too many of us actually going on to university from there. Uh, a lot of, lot of us uh, sort of went out and got... Uh, apprenticeships and that type of thing as a, a trade as opposed to a, a tertiary degree. So you didn't apply yourself, but were there some subjects back then that you did genuinely enjoy? Oh yeah, English and history. I wasn't great at maths. Uh, back then we got a percentage for each of our subjects and in maths I got 16%. That was a lot more than I thought I would have got actually. So um, so look, English and history were my two favourite ones and I, I did all right in art too. I don't know why, but did you naturally take to English and history? Was it just, you know, were your parents good at uh, those subjects or was it, I don't know, how did it come about that you were okay then? I, I had to find one that I could, uh, you know, sort of excel in. And even then I wouldn't say I excelled, but I did pretty well in English, I've got to say. And uh, history, well, that was just a, a natural love really because even now I'd rather sit and watch a documentary than I would a, a football match. So, you know, history was always going to play a big part in my schooling and also whatever I did outside of that. And now doing what I'm doing, I find that to be invaluable, both those subjects. So what year span were you at high school? I finished, uh, I must have finished in about 80, 81 and I stayed up there for uh, a year or two working in a bank. So I did that during Stuvac, as they called it, study vacation, sort of got that job and then sort of went into the HSC exams, not really worrying about what I was going to get because I already had a job. So I, so I guess that was uh, very early 80s, uh, stayed in the bank, but always with a desire to join the media at some stage. And I just didn't know how I was going to do that because obviously with my marks, I was never going to get to uh, Bathurst University, which was one that sort of um, uh, was big on media studies back then. So there was no other way for you. It was just uh, media, no other opportunity. That's where you were going. That's all that mattered. Absolutely. I, and I had no doubt that I would I would get there one day. And I'm a firm believer, and I say this, you know, when I do talk to uh, uh, students of, of, of any age, uh, that if you desperately want to do something, you'll do it. And I desperately wanted to work in the media. I would spend most of my time in my room listening to radio. I could, 
I could uh, tell you verbatim the roster for every Sydney radio station at the time. I knew who was going to be on at any given time. I knew their formats. I knew everything. Even at 13, 14 years of age, I just hung out for the radio ratings to come out. And, uh, you know, I just, I just avowed everything about radio because I loved it. Where does a love of radio come from? Well, I think I was brought up on radio because my mum always had the radio on. Uh, it was always on 3UZ. And so, you know, there were guys like Alan Lappin, Don Lunn, uh, Bert Bryant was the main race caller. And it was on. It was always on. And uh, I think I had this fascination for, you know, here are these people actually sitting in a studio with all this equipment and talking into a microphone. And I just found that mesmerising. And I thought I, I desperately want to do that. And and I still find it mesmerizing. I still love reading the history of radio. I still love listening to uh, podcasts involving radio people and how they got their starts, et cetera, et cetera. Was there no one there within your network, maybe your family, friends, or anyone within the school to actually give you a bit of direction around how you could find a career in the media? Or was it just something that no. you were left totally on your no. own? Look, I mean, my mum obviously would have supported anything I did. Uh, and I've always had a great love of music, so I always considered myself, you know, the next rock jock. I, I didn't quite sort of do it for as long as I would have hoped, but I also realised that there's probably a limited lifespan in, in rock jocks. Uh, they tend to move around quite a bit, even, even back then. So um, it was only when I moved back to Melbourne for family reasons and just happened to have a new set of speakers in my car and just happened to be trialling uh, an FM station, which was pretty much in its infancy and heard an ad for a radio school. And I, I rang them, enrolled, I think my mum paid for it, and was there for probably 12 months, met some fantastic people, and then went off and uh, got my own job. We'll talk about radio school in a moment, but that was always the option for you. you. You didn't look at university or didn't look at a TAFE course or anything like that. It was always just going to be radio school. Why is that? Uh, well, I was never good enough to go to university. I didn't know whether it cost money or anything like that, and we certainly weren't blessed with funds. And I was never a great student anyway, so the thought of actually studying for another four years just didn't do it for me whatsoever. So I thought at some point there's got to be uh, an, a way to do that. And I'd heard of these radio schools and fortunately I, I found a really good one and that was my, my pathway. What was a radio school? It was called the Radio Works. It's not around anymore. It was one by a guy called Chris Heaney uh, who was working on 3XY at the time. Uh, he was backed up by a number of other people within the radio industry. So we would go along there once or twice a week. We'd be lectured by people uh, who were on radio at the time and you just sat there and you just listened to these stories and you thought, I just want to do it. And then uh, I just happened to be on holidays at the bank because I transferred with the bank to Melbourne. And then I applied to uh, to XL Kuma. I didn't get that job. I applied to 2BE Bega and the resume was sent back with a big black mark through it just saying, do it properly. And I thought, we're going well here. Uh, 3CS Colac and 3NE Wangaratta. Now, 3CS Colac was playing country music at the time and I, I would have gone anywhere. I wouldn't, the, the format didn't worry me one iota. But it was 3NE and Wangaratta uh, who offered me the job and I went up there and, and did a bit of a test and got the job. Drove back to Melbourne and uh, resigned from the bank straight away. We're going to talk about your career in our next episode, but let's uh, let's just go back to radio school. What were you actually learning there? What were some of the classes or the subjects you had to go through in order to pass? Well, there were, there were no classes as such. It was just learning the mechanics of radio. And uh, as you know, having worked in radio yourself, 
the golden rule is you're talking to one person. You don't flick the microphone on and say, good, good morning, everyone, uh, because you want to feel special as a listener and you want to feel like that person on the radio is only talking to you. Uh, so that's one of the things I learned. The other thing is be yourself because at some stage something is going to stuff up and suddenly the real you is going to come out. Um, so you can't be putting on a voice or anything like that. I mean, obviously you use your voice a little differently because you project it and you, you know, come from the stomach. I, I should add that whilst I was going to radio school, I was working in the bank and one of our customers was Craig Willis, who worked at 3UZ at the time doing the afternoon sports show with Kevin Bartlett. Uh, Craig Willis went on, of course, to become the voice of the AFL. I would slip him my cassettes as he was depositing his large paychecks. Um, so I would slip him my cassettes. He would critique them. So I've learned a hell of a lot from Craig as well. You grew up in a uh, in a rough area. Um, Penrith back in the 80s would have been pretty tough for any young kid coming through. Uh, you weren't blessed with a lot of funds with, within the family, but you've had absolute confidence that you knew you were going to be a successful media personality. Well, I didn't know I was going to be successful, but you still knew you were going to achieve it. So where did that confidence come from? I didn't know I was going to be successful, but I knew once I had the opportunity, I was going to make a success of it. There's still a lot of confidence in that though, right? So where did that come from? I just knew that I could do it. And I knew that I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to do anything else at all. And I knew the mechanics. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I would back announce records as the jocks did it as well. And as I said, I like I knew all the rosters. I knew every. I was an absolute radio nut, and uh, you know it just never crossed my mind that I wouldn't actually. So it wasn't a cockiness or anything like that. It was just a real belief in myself that I could actually go on and do what I felt was the only thing that I could do. What's your advice for students coming through about how to back themselves in like you did? Well, you have to have the passion for it, and if you've got the passion, then you've got the will to actually follow that through. And then it's a matter of just door knocking. I just think the advice to anyone now is if you want to do something desperately enough, you can do it. I've seen some pretty ordinary people get jobs in the media, (laughs) Um, but they've got the passion for it. And some of the people you think least likely to actually go on and forge a successful career have gone on to forge a reasonably successful career. Is the pathway more around university now though? Yeah, most definitely. I think I'm the only one in our newsroom here at Channel 9 that hasn't been to university. I'd be surprised if they employ anyone that doesn't have a university degree. See, see, I was lucky in that uh, the uh, the era in which I was trying to forge myself a career in this business was at a time when country radio stations were just that. They were radio stations. They had their own breakfast show. You know, they had afternoons, they had drive, they had night. I mean, you know, when I first got to Wangaratta, I was doing four to midnight. So that was our pathway in that we had these radio stations that were employing kids to actually uh, do the job they wanted to do. And 3 Wangaratta actually had its own newsroom. And after I'd been on air for only a short time, they suggested maybe I might want to try news. And then I was absolutely hooked after that. So they had all these positions. Now a lot of those shows are networked from the city. What was the biggest lesson you learned that you've now looked back on your career and said, oh, you know what, I learned that there and that's totally relevant to everything I've gone on to achieve? Just be yourself. That was it. Simple as that. Just be yourself. You have to. What happens if you don't? Well, you get caught out. You know, something will go wrong and you, you're going to get caught out. Um, and there's no point trying to put a voice on because you can't sustain that. You simply can't sustain it. 
Tony, thank you very much for talking about your education and radio school. Uh, stay with me because we're going to talk about your career and the successes you've had. In the 80s and 90s, getting a career foot in the door was much easier, as Tony's experience proves. But as Tony suggests, now it's all about finding a pathway into your career through university. In our next episode, I chat to Tony about how a boy from Western Sydney hit the big time. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, Assault Studios production.